Hello everyone, my name is Alicia. I am a 20-year-old senior studying communications and media production in the Big Apple, New York. I've always dreamed of doing a lot of different things in my life. Ultimately, getting a big girl job, working within the entertainment industry, moving out, getting married, all that good stuff. You know, typical things that a lot of us ladies think about during. But never did I ever think that I'd end up in the sunshine state of Florida. Throughout my college years, I've always commuted to and from school. I had the luxury of staying at home, rent free, but of course it came at the expense of my sanity. I have two younger siblings and one whom I share a room with. That's right, Alacia's got to share a room with an 11 year old. It wasn't too bad, I guess. I have a roof over my head, food on a table, and a family that I look forward to growing up with. Obviously, with staying at home, there are a few rules and regulations that a student athlete like me did not really want to abide by. At 20 years old, I have to ask to leave the house, have a curfew, and of course, make sure I help around the house. It all sounds so simple. For me, it sounded like a hell of a lot of things I had no interest in doing. But guess what? I did it anyway. With all of these restrictions, I've always thought about what it would be like if I were to have to go on a way to school and had a dorm. I spent some of my free time toggling the numbers to see how much it would be for broke little me to afford an apartment in the global state of New York. And quite honestly, I don't know why anyone lives here. It is so freaking expensive. You know, I started gearing my mind to what I want to do upon completing my bachelor's degree, possibly getting a big girl job and moving out of state. Or maybe just stay home, save money, and take the slower route. Either way, I knew that I wanted to live on my own and I was going to make it happen. I felt as if time will tell. And when my time was to leave, I'll know. I personally love the website LinkedIn. It's a great way to connect with people who pertain to all different fields of work. You know, my network only includes people like my family, some friends, and a few co-workers, but I'm working on getting more. One of my relatives lives down in Florida and sent me a link to this Disney college program. And at the time, I was like, what in the world is a Disney college program? Is this a remote job kind of thing? I am not moving to Florida. You know, after all those racing thoughts went through my head, I decided to open up the link and do some digging. Hmm. A paid internship at Walt Disney World, a resume booster, college credit, moving into the quote unquote new and improved program housing. Sounds like fun, but what's the catch? Me, the overthinker, had some counteracting thoughts as well. Like Florida? That's more than 900 miles away. I instantly looked up the DCP hashtag on TikTok to get a glimpse as to what other people's experiences were like. And you know, I felt like a lot of the videos were positive and heartfelt, but I didn't want it to be where I have high expectations to be this magical experience and it's not, you know? Everyone says that Walt Disney World is the most magical and the most happiest place on earth, but I like Popeyes, but I hated working there. So it could be the same for Walt Disney World.
you know, after seeing that whole like LinkedIn post about the Disney college program and my relative sending it to me, you guessed it, I applied. You know, what's the worst thing that could have happened? I could get rejected. Everyone gets rejected, you know? Life comes with a series of challenges and rejections and I wasn't gonna let an internship I just randomly heard about bring me down. And within a matter of time, in a few weeks of waiting, I got in. When I received that offer letter through my email, like my heart caved in. I didn't know what to do. I was so eager to leave my home where I felt safe and secure. But when an opportunity is thrown at me like this, I was in shock. I I didn't know if I was ready to leave just yet. I couldn't be in shock for too long because I only had three days to accept or decline to offer. Like that was gonna help my nerves at all. You know, little old me was so excited to get out of the house, be on my own. And when the Disney college program just uproared into my life, I kind of was at halt. I didn't know what to do. My, my mind was blank at that point. Instead of rushing through my head like it was before, all these thoughts and everything, I was speechless. You know, when I got my acceptance offer, of course I had to tell my mother, but did I tell my mother prior to me applying to the program? No. Why, you may ask? Because I didn't really think I was gonna get in. I didn't think too far in the process. I was so eager to go away. I was so eager to move out and be on my own. And then when I was presented with this opportunity, I was kind of like, oh, there's more steps to this. So I brought the idea up to my mother. She looked at me kind of funny. It was like the Disney college program. What, what is that? So I explained to her what it is. It's an internship at Walt Disney World where it's a great resume booster. You live in program housing. It's almost like being at college in a university, something I've never experienced in my life. Obviously, she told me to do what my heart desired and that wasn't really the answer that I wanted to hear from her. I honestly wanted her to give me a yes or no option and she said, you do whatever your heart desires. And from then on, I was kind of freaked out because I always went to my mom for advice. And that was the best advice she could give me. I mean, I know I'm 20 years old, but in the same sense, I was kind of like, I need a little more from you, lady. I need a little bit more. So after waiting two or three days, I decided that I was going to accept the offer. I paid my fee for my housing and was like, heck, what's the worst thing that could happen? And of course, I accepted my offer before knowing what my role was. And here's the catch. Of course, I had to accept my offer, pay for my room and board and transportation fee to wait another two weeks to hear what role I was going to be put into. And that's exactly what I did. Florida, I hope you're ready for me. made the irrational decision to move down to Orlando and work for the mouse at Walt Disney World, a place I've never been. And you wouldn't. You know, you get free park admission, discounts on hotels, the internship credits, 
getting paid, of course. And of course, you know, like I said, the free parking mission. You know, the days leading into me moving down to Florida were bittersweet. I had to say goodbye to friends, my family, colleagues, the children I worked with, and my car. Yes, my car. I couldn't fathom what it would be like to rely on the shuttles to navigate myself around this unknown state that I know nothing about. And honestly, I didn't know what the heck I was getting into, but I knew daggone well that I was not going to be driving 18 hours down in my 07 Camry. I don't even think she would have made it. You know, people from out of state have these predisposed, stereotypical ideas that New Yorkers know how to navigate the subways, trams, bus system. (laughs) But I'm from the suburbs. I did not know anything about that good stuff. You know, I drive to my destinations. I drive drive down the block if I can. And I don't know how to do that. Well, guess what? Of course I had to learn. Aside from moving into this unknown state of Florida... I had to do it kind of by myself. My parents were incapable of coming down with me due to the fact that I couldn't get time off from work and other family obligations. So my grandparents, who were a little about maybe 30 minutes away from program housing, were more than happy to assist me with moving in. And don't get me wrong, I love my grandparents and all, but it was just a bit difficult to kiss my mom, dad, sister, and brother goodbye at the airport. And like get thrown into this new taste of adulthood that I craved for so long. So basically on July 11, 2021, I flew in from JFK to MCO a night before my remove-in date, and I stayed on my grandparents. The next day, I had to move in at about 7 o'clock in the morning, bright and early, terrified out of my pants. My grandpa was very excited to see me. My grandmother was so excited to see me, but I was just not in the mood. I was so excited to be on my own, but everything just changed once I was presented with this opportunity. I'll say that once and I said it again, you know. I was very excited to move out and get away from my family, but the second I get away from them, I was terrified. Plus, I was about to move in with a whole bunch of people that I didn't even know before. And of course, I linked with one of the people that I know would potentially be my roommate. But in the same sense, I don't really know her. I met her through the internet, through this Facebook group chat. But we'll talk about that on a later date. July 12th, 2021, I moved in not knowing what the heck I was going to be doing. I didn't know what apartment complex I was going to be living, what room layout I was going to move into, and not even the roommates. Um, I didn't know that I was going to be getting the 4 by 2 layout until I received some email at 6 o'clock in the morning when my move-in time was 8 o'clock in the morning. So I was not prepared at all to see <laughs> or anything at that point because Disney is very last minute with things. And obviously I'm so grateful for the experience, but it did not help with the whole nerve-wracking situation of the presenting me with the unknown.
once I got myself all moved in and settled in, I kind of sent my grandparents on their way. I was like, bye, leave me alone, I got this. Even though I was terrified inside, I didn't want them to know I was terrified because they were offering me to stay at their house for the rest of the week. And I was like, nope, I'm paying right now. I gotta stay in my home place. So I sent them on their way. They called me every night. My mom called me every night and so on and so forth. But the day that I moved in, I met a lot of the people that I met online. And it was like a week without work for my first week. So it consisted a lot of exploring. Though I did not have my car not on here, I've met up with two of the, my new DCP internet friends and we traveled all around Orlando. We visited a variety of different amusement parks outside of Disney, especially due to the fact that we didn't even have our self-admission passes yet. We just got there. We all were trying to learn an area and essentially prepare ourselves for this new journey we we're about to all start. My friend's names were Joy and Jordan. And obviously Joy, Joy and Jordan and I were all placed in different roles. Jordan was placed in ODB, which means outdoor vending, and her home location was Magic Kingdom. Joy's role was Epcot Festivals, essentially working in the booths that were a part of the Food and Wine Festival. I kind of left you guys hanging in the last episode in regards to the roles that my friends got and I really didn't say mine. I'm gonna tell you eventually but there's a backstory to it so I gotta bring it back a little bit and tell you guys all about it. So originally I was placed in the role of custodial which is an utterly disappointing feeling. You know I'm not speaking down on the custodial cast of Disney. I'm sure they work wonders and make magic in their own unique ways but that's just not what I was expecting to be my internship experience. When I was applying, I was aware of the possibility to be placed in a role that has absolutely nothing to do with what I want to do in the future. And quite frankly, I don't even know what the heck I want to do in the future. But it explains why I was just full force ready to go, not reading the fine lines when I was applying. So due to the pandemic, Disney had previously taken away the Disney College program early March 2020, essentially leaving a lot of college participants, or what we call CPs, who have to move out within 48 hours. Some were not even able to like step foot into their training. So the reopening of the program essentially was a quick decision. Due to this being such a sporadic decision, Disney recruiters were not allowing applicants to choose their top five choices on the locations where they wanted to be placed. Which was a bummer due to the fact that I had a few locations and roles in mind. I essentially wanted to work in entertainment. You know, that's obviously my top choice. I'm a communications and media production major. But I would have been okay with roles such as child activities, merchandising, and attractions. But custodial? As an internship? That did not sit quite right with me, you know. Essentially, I did some finagling. Not gonna tell you how I finagled it, that's for my personal knowledge. Maybe I'll tell you guys, maybe not. But you know, I did some finagling, got some accommodations put in place where I was placed in a new role. What was called mouse gear at the time merchandising associated call me a brat but i was not going to move all the way down to florida take a pay cut and quote unquote do an internship cleaning up vomit off of rides that's not me never will be kudos to the people that do do it i just couldn't do it myself i know myself and of course there are probably other things to do but 
there were a ton of people that would have loved that to be in that role. Hence, bringing us all around full circle and emphasizing the importance of having the op- option to even choose the topics. When placed into my new role at Mouse Gear, I was quite excited to start my training. I honestly wanted to know what it was like to be working in such a new environment surrounded by cast members from all around the world. My trainer's name was Kylie. She was a 26-year-old full-timer from Kentucky who actually stayed with Disney after her very own Disney College program many years ago. Throughout my week with Kylie, she explained to me the do's and don'ts of the company and all of the different learning modules that I had to go through in order to be certified to work at our location. On the last day of my week's training, I was formally introduced to all the leaders and as well as the fellow cast members. I was surprised to see that I was the only and first CP that had arrived. Nevertheless, the full-timers and part-timers were quite surprised as well. A variety of people started speaking at once. I thought we weren't getting CPs. Are our hours going to be cut and cut? Gosh, I really have. A, I hope I have hours next week. And, you know, all these statements had flooded the room. And on that very day, I felt very unwelcomed. I didn't like feeling like I was being such a burden on these people's lives. Essentially due to the fact that COVID was still a thing and a lot of people have been furloughed and not even called back into their positions. My trainer and leaders tried to emphasize that they were grateful to have me here. But for what? Cheap labor? Eventually, I ended up befriending some of the fellow cast members, but I was the only CP for about two weeks. I think that since my role changed from custodial and the programming reopening was so abrupt, no one at any given location was expecting CPs to arrive so soon. Like I said before, considering what a lot of people went through, with being furloughed, having little to no hours, and even being unemployed for so long during the pandemic, I kind of understood their frustration. Walt Disney World has a ton of different code names, acronyms, and rules and regulations that they want their employees, or as we may call them, cast members, to present themselves as. One of the rules that all of us cast members must abide by is a Disney look. What is a Disney look, you may ask? Well, (laughs) it's definitely something that came a long, long, long way from where it is today. The Disney look is essentially a long list of guidelines in terms of a cast member's appearance, being acceptable to be in guest view. So prior to the updated 2020 guidelines, which was last year, cast members were incapable of having unnatural hair and nail colors, nails longer than a pencil eraser, no visible tattoos, no jewelry, and many, many more things that we may often overlook in today's day and age. Today, Disney's still a bit strict on what they want their cast members to look like, but I kind of understand where it's coming from. It's all to uphold the overall representation of the company. But in my eyes, even though I understand it just a tad bit, I see it as a whole bunch of garbage. How does one essentially go to the most magical or happiest place on earth, yet not be capable of seeing the normality of life within the parks? Appearance being put forth within the roles suggests a sense of diversity for not only the company, but for the guests as well. You know, children love seeing things that they can relate to. You know, something as simple as a relatable choice of tattoo. 
Something like that always sparks up a conversation between a cast member and guests. And Disney likes for their cast members to look neat and natural. Even something as simple as a funky pair of glasses can be odd. I personally had my own experience in regards to glasses. I wear the same pair every day. They're, I want to say they're tortoise brown kind of look to them with a little round frames. So I wear them each and every day. And quite frankly, I hate the feeling of contacts. I had a cast member who had visited the parks as a guest come to my register one day and stated, wow, I love your glasses. Your leadership team must be really nice. I was instantly taken aback with that shady compliment in disguise. I immediately asked her how my glasses were correlated with my leadership team. And she proceeded to tell me that she once had glasses like mine, but her leadership team told her it wasn't Disney look. You know, this is an experience that I had in the beginning of my program. So it was quite weird in the sense to see that the guidelines were updated, but some leadership teams still abide by their old ways. There are a number of do's and don'ts of working at Disney. The do's are quite vague. Do be sure to give all the guests a memorable experience. Do make sure you abide by Disney look and do stay in character. And by in character, that means basically doing your job and making a magical experience for all guests and don't give up any secrets. The don'ts are where we get a bit tricky. In a sense where I like to call it a bit cultish, but whatever. As cast members, we are not allowed to take videos pictures, or even have video calls with people backstage. And essentially backstage is called for when you're not guest facing. And when you're on stage, it means when you're guest facing. Disney World is a welcoming place for all. We often have celebrities, influencers, and media events that occur throughout the parks. I often get to interact with celebrities, some in which I don't even know are celebrities until other people come up to me and tell me, oh, you met the most amazingest person in the world, or have you, do you know who you just talked to? As a cast member on the clock, I'm incapable of going to celebrities and acting like I'm quote unquote starstruck. I have to make sure I keep my cool and essentially treat them the way that they want to be treated, essentially abiding by Disney's mission statements. Most celebrities come to the parks and want to have an enjoyable experience, not only with themselves, but their children, and the only difference that they have in regards to quote-unquote regular guests is they may have a security guard with them or a VIP tour guide, but we are to treat them the same way we treat any other guests. But that usually only applies when we're on stage and on the clock. If we're backstage and on the clock, usually in the tunnels, and our leadership sets up some time aside, we can briefly meet guests that are celebrities. Some who I've encountered during my time working at Disney was Neil Patrick Harris, Joshua Bassett, excuse me if I mispronounce his name, but Giannis Antonubi and Jody Benson. Growing up, like I've stated briefly earlier, all I can really remember is how I shared my room with my younger sister. Upon acceptance of my program, I got to rank which room or apartment layout I'd like to have. 
the options were two by two, four by two, or four by four. I obviously put four by two as my first choice, four by four as my second, and two by two as my very last choice. Because two by two meant there was two bedrooms, two bathrooms, and four people all living in the same apartment. I was really hoping that I could have, finally have my own room for once. I didn't really care who I was sharing my apartment with at the time, but for the time being, I was just really hoping, you know, for my own room. And during one of my couponing trips at Walgreens, I got an email stating that I had to sign my leasing agreement. I was itching to know what layout I got. I also wanted to know if the person I quote unquote linked with through a DCP Facebook group was going to be my actual roommate. Because I wanted to know, like, at least if I was going to share a room with someone, I would know who it is or virtually know who they are. Luckily, I got the 4x2 layout and so did my then roommate, Jordan. When we got our leasing agreement, we didn't necessarily know if the programming housing accepted our roommate request. I was only personally allowed one request per roommate, and I couldn't pick whether or not if I wanted like the three people in my apartment to like know, or it was only it only really gave me an option to pick one roommate out of the four that I would actually know and link with. In my case, it could have been either a female or a male but it wasn't really guaranteed until our room assignments were given to us on moving day. So the other two new roommates were unknown. Their names are Rachel, Jordan, and Nicolette. My first set of roommates. I personally never got the opportunity to dorm with others before, nevertheless live with complete strangers. Rachel, like me, is from New York. Nicolette was from here in Orlando, and Jordan was from Ohio. Jordan and I essentially shared a bathroom on one end of the apartment, and then Rachel and Nicolette shared a bathroom on the other side of the apartment. I was seamlessly grateful to have them all as my roommates, slowly because I knew that they had linked together as well. My whole like personal lo- now, like logic is that since they knew how each other were, they would. there was nothing wrong with them, if that makes sense. You know, they collaborated, they spoke to each other prior to meeting on a program. And, you know, like Jordan and I, they shared the same interests, spoke on numerous occasions prior to their move-in date. Jordan was placed in ODV, which is outdoor vending, at Magic Kingdom. Rachel worked on a wildlife express train in Animal Kingdom, and Nicolette worked on Rocket Roller Coaster in Hollywood Studios. And of course, I was merchandise in Epcot. So basically, each of us worked in one of the four parks. My time with each of them were fun. I mainly hung out with Jordan, and the other two mainly hang out, hung out with like each other. Let's be real now. When I live with random people, you learn that not everyone was raised the same way you were. I found myself sometimes bickering with the other two. They didn't like to sweep the floors, clean after themselves, wash dishes, and take laundry out, you know, in a timely fashion. In my defense, I really don't care what goes on in their rooms. I just wanted to make sure the common areas were to be cleaned because we all used it, you know? Jordan and I would be embarrassed at times to even invite our friends over. But even though we liked each other as people, our daily activities and chores differed. And to think, I was the youngest one in the apartment, yet I was the one that was constantly reaching out in regards to how things should be clean, how we should be upkeeping our apartment that we all share together.
Unfortunately, my time with Jordan and Nicolette were, was very slim. The two quote-unquote self-term two months into their programs. Self-term means it's very self-explanatory, but they quit. Jordan was not really a fan of her job and did not like how her location treated their cast members. She went back home to Ohio and is now attending Ohio State University and completing her degree in physical therapy. And quite honestly, I was quite intrigued that she even came down to Florida with, with a physical therapy background in her back pocket. I wouldn't want to be popping popcorn till 3 a.m. either. Nicolette's from here in Orlando, but during her program, her parents moved to North Carolina unexpectedly. She sadly packed up her stuff and went to yet another new home because she wasn't a fan of her role in attractions as well. I recently reached out to her and she said she will be spending her spring semester attending college in New York and will be pursuing a degree in musical theater. For about two months, Rachel and I both lived in a four-bedroom apartment alone. It wasn't until maybe November that we got two new roommates, Natalyn and Cameron. Natalyn is from Pennsylvania, and her role was previously lifeguarding, but is now housekeeping. Cameron was also doing merch, but she was doing merch at Hollywood Studios. Cam is actually from Long Island as well. She's actually from the same town as I am, so it was quite interesting bonding with someone that lived in the same town as me, but never really met in person. The two were very kind people, and they still very are very kind people. Not the cleanest in a sense, but I've learned through my past experiences with my new roommates or my roommates that I had before that not everyone is the cleanliness. I've always been a type of person I would make friends easily. When my roommate Jordan left, I kind of felt like I lost touch with a lot of the people that we collectively hung out with due to the fact that it was just kind of weird and then it didn't really feel right to hang out without her. I don't know, maybe it's just girl things. Over time, I befriended some of my coworkers. It was quite hard because with new CPs coming in every week, it's easy to say that making friends and trying to keep up with all the new people, it's just very difficult to keep up with. The friends that I've made at my location were Lilia, Connor, and Sage. I found myself hanging out a lot with them from September on. We all work in the creation shop and Club Cole together. Yep, and you guessed it. After our 12-hour shift, guess what we decide to do after work? <laughs> Hang out some more, and I'm truly grateful to have been put in this Lord merch location with them and quite frankly feel as if they make my experience here at Walt Disney World more enjoyable. As corny as it might sound, we are like a family. We spend a lot of time together, both inside Disney and out. We like to go to the parks on our days off, go resort hopping, try new places to eat. And of course, we do what any college students over the age of 21 do, go out and drink at bars. <laughs> our favorite place is Senior Frogs in downtown Orlando. And we mainly go because we're allowed to get in free on Tuesdays.
Making friends outside of the program is not as easy as it may sound. I found myself using dating apps and even friendship apps, as dumb as it may sound, to meet people outside of my program. Because let's be honest, working at Disney, being surrounded by a whole bunch of Disney adults that work at Disney was just so annoying to deal with. I sometimes really needed a break from Disney as a whole because I'm surrounded by them 24-7. And I personally don't have my own car down here, so it did not help alleviate the whole I'm exploring Orlando on my own and I'm going to make new friends on my own type of, like, timing. Especially with the Disney program's transportation, it wasn't really easy to use. I personally work late nights. I don't get out of work until 1 a.m., so there was no place for me to go to meet people anyways. Where was I going to go make some friends? At Target, at Dollar Tree, at Starbucks, all the places they drop us off at. It just wasn't the same as having your own physical car. So basically, extension applications were put out to us currency piece back in September, October area. I knew that I was graduating come December, and I knew that if I was going to stay at Disney, I wouldn't want to be doing the DCP making $13 an hour with no holiday pay, 70 hours a week, and no benefits at all, whatsoever. Essentially, going into the fact that we were just cheap labor and that the company likes to use us to their advantage. You know, because many of us participants didn't even really read the fine print when we accepted our offers. But I really don't envision myself doing a DCP post-graduation slowly for legitimate reasons. The fact that they even opened and closed applications for extensions in October was basically a whole trap. At that point in time, all of us CPs were at our peaks. I know for a fact that I was living my life around that time. I was loving the hours I was getting, making friends, was open to networking and leadership teams, you know. Across poverty, I was networking with so much people and so much more. And I honestly think that they did it all so early, knowing that the holiday season in November and December was coming up. And us CPs were going to get hit hard with these long hours. 10 days working in a row, and much, much, much more. The week of Christmas, which is this week, I was scheduled to work 63 hours with only one day off. Of course, during this time, we are blocked off from visiting the parks due to not only its capacity, but Disney wants to make room for their people that are actually paying to be there. So no, not only were CPs blocked out of the parks, but so were other cast members. And of course, I have a ton of finals to complete and was incapable of even going back to New York to visit my family for the holidays. Luckily, I did have time to see them in the beginning of December, but it just wasn't the same. Also, here in Florida, it is 80 degrees. That is not the type of weather that is not giving me any type of holiday feels. I feel like I'm just stuck in this constant summer.
As of last week, I've put in transfers for roles within the entertainment portion, merch, and attractions portions of Disney World. Though I do not see myself working here at Disney for the rest of my life, I do have to hypothetically think about my future. I recently signed a lease with two of my friends, Lily and Connor, yes, here in Florida, who would have thought? And I know that I have to have a job in order to pay my rent. And through my college program, I do do have a set place I could work after my program. No, I do not see myself working for the mouse for the rest of my life. Like I said, I'm basically going to use it going forward as a placeholder until I get offers for other positions at other locations. I've been applying for positions both in Orlando, Florida and remote positions. In a sense, I am kind of scared to leave Disney, but I do know that there are a ton of opportunities that will come my way. It's almost my own personal experience of the whole being on my own and living the most out of my 20s that's really scaring me because I'm going to be hit with the harsh reality of adulting. Because being in this program allowed for me to grow personally and professionally through not only my work experience, but the internal and external events that I participated in, my friends, and who I am as a person, and how I'm grown and blossomed into this new person I've never met in my life. For a while, I was constantly pondering over the fact that for whether or not I really want to stay in Florida with this new life that I created, or if I wanted to go back and piece together whatever I had in New York. It wasn't easy, but I think I did, for at least now, make the good decision to stay in Florida because Florida is the best place for me to be financially and emotionally at the moment. I plan on getting my car down here come January. I know I said multiple times I don't have it now, like now, but in the future, I see myself getting it within the next few weeks. There's no way I can depend on other people, on Ubers, Lyfts, in order to navigate this new world that I'm about to immerse myself into. And like I said, the programming housing almost felt like a college campus. We had shuttles, we had places to go outside of work, and just everything was kind of handed to us in a way, like it was like a college campus. We all collaboratively came from all around the world and essentially are working for the mouse. My departure date is January 27th, 2022, a Thursday. It feels like almost like time is moving slowly but surely. Today is December 21st, 2021, the last day of school, the last day of my bachelor's degree in fine arts, the last day of my own personalized college experience. It's all bittersweet considering that this is not exactly what I had envisioned for my college experience to be like. Going into my freshman year back in 2018, I thought I was going to complete four years of college, participate on a cheerleading team, and just go about my day. Today, I am 21 years old, completed three and a half years of college, and will be graduating a semester early. I took on an internship I never really thought I'd even have the opportunity to do. And not only did I do an internship, because a lot of college students do that, but I did one at Walt Disney World in a totally different state during a pandemic, a state in which I never really thought of ever living in. And here I am 
Once January 27th hits, I'll be in here in Orlando for another 10 months with two of my best friends. It's such an exciting time to be in, especially with having Tino worked at Walt Disney World in the back pocket when I'm submitting my resume and being able to share what my experience was like in the most cautious way possible, uncensored and censored, working for such a huge company.